one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Today we have a crazy story of revenge of not including somebody's wife in their obituary. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, in high school, a girl left our friend group for a boy and tried to get us all in trouble. I went to her house and talked to her dad about it. Back in high school, I was in a friend group of five girls. Looking back, none of them were actually my friends, but that's besides the point. We had shared a journal between us. There was all kinds of stuff in there, sex, drugs, you name it. I never took it too seriously and my entries were all satire, like really wild stuff that never happened. They all knew this, it was fine. One girl in the group, Megan, started dating a boy named Andrew. They were each other's first boyfriend and girlfriend. Andrew quickly became toxic and controlling. We all told Megan he was bad news. She got mad and chose him over all of us. She had taken the journal and made photocopies of the most incriminating entries and mailed them to our respective homes. Addressed to our parents, but with no return address. It was glaringly obvious it was her. We knew her handwriting and she was the only one with a motive. I took mine before my parents could see it and headed right over to Megan's house. Her dad answered the door. I handed him the journal entry Megan had copied and explained to him how crazy and manipulative his daughter's boyfriend was and now she had turned against her own friends and betrayed us. This happened on a Saturday. On Monday, we returned to school. Megan's dad made her break up with her boyfriend and asked that the school staff report to him if they saw any interaction between the two. Andrew was freaked out by her dad's reaction and didn't even try to keep up a relationship. Then Megan was single and had zero friends. Hey, it pays off if your bully has parents who actually care and take control of their kid. It's just you would think most people who end up being actual bullies probably wouldn't have much parental supervision, right? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, bully me at the bus stop? You can stop getting on the bus then. This happened well over 10 years ago now, but every so often I remember it and smile because it's a nice memory to me, no matter how fuzzy the details are. A bit of backstory, I went to a school that was over 3.5 miles from my house, since it was the only school with a gifted program. I think my mom didn't drive me to school because of her job at the time, but there was a bus stop to get to my school at the other school that was a little under a mile from my house. So every morning she would get me ready and then we'd get in her car and drive to the bus stop. I'd get out to wait for the bus and she'd leave when the bus came. Here's where the story starts finally. At the time of this story, probably second grade, I was on horrible terms with a girl in my class. I forget who bullied who but eventually we made up. Enter her older brother and his friend. I think they were in sixth grade. I remember them being significantly taller than me. I have no idea why, but one day, they decided that every day at the bus stop while we were waiting for the bus or our rides, they were going to bully me. It started out kind of small, calling me names regarding my weight, calling me weird, etc. I've always been obese. I'll admit it. I was also autistic, but I wouldn't be diagnosed for a few more years, despite my mom fighting for a diagnosis since I was in any sort of schooling. What they said hurt me, but I never showed it. 
and then it escalated. It had probably been a few months by this point, and they hadn't stopped the bullying. It was another afternoon, and I was waiting for my mom, trying to ignore them, smushing berries from the bush beside the school doors with my fingers. I don't know what sparked it, but I heard laughing as the brother of the girl I previously had issues with grabbed onto one of the pillars and pretended as if he was being sucked in by something. That something was me. He said, she has her own gravitational pull, and some other things that implied I was as big as a planet. His friend had joined in at this point. I tried to hold it together, but I couldn't. I cried in silence, and when my mom pulled up and I got in the car, she asked me what was wrong and I completely broke. I explained through sobs that the boys who were still at the bus stop were bullying me, and I like to imagine that this made my mom see red. Things are a bit fuzzy from here, but I believe my mom called the bus garage and the bus coordinator person, told them the situation, and a few days later, the boys stopped showing up at the bus stop. I forget who told me, but I found out she had managed to get them kicked off the bus for the rest of the year. From then on, I looked up to my mom more than I had before and I felt so much closer to her. Sadly, she's not here to help me anymore, but now I can stand up for myself without her help. Rest in peace, mom. I'm glad that whoever oversees the buses or whatever authority there is at the school took it very seriously and did something to help. No kid deserves to go through what OP experienced. Our next story is, I called my bully's mom. When I was 10 years old, there was this much bigger boy who would sometimes pick on me. He may have found me annoying or whatever, but there was no excuse for what he did to me one day. He punched me in the stomach for no obvious reason. I couldn't breathe for a moment and was crying afterwards. School soon ended and the first thing I did was take the phone list of the class and dialed his parents' number. His mom picked up and I basically snitched on him. She was a really kind woman and showed a lot of sympathy. She told me she'd give her son a thorough scolding once he got home. Later I would learn that he had very strict parents and while it was a long time ago, I'm pretty sure the kid never bothered me again. Once again, actual awesome parents stepping in and controlling their kid's behavior. You love to see it because most times you don't hear about that kind of thing happening. This next story is, I almost got my former roommate deported. Back in 2014, I, 19 year old male, got accepted into the Disney college program. I was assigned three other roommates and worked there for eight months per the original offer or contract or whatever. One of the apartments we were put in was designated as a non-alcohol building. We would have random inspections with a 24 hour notice. It didn't matter how old you were, if alcohol was caught in your apartment, all of your roommates, including you, could get kicked out of the program and sent home within two days. Another one of the rules was we could not make spare keys for safety reasons. It was a great time, and I loved working there until we got a fifth roommate. We were aware that this could happen during our time at the college program, so we dealt with it. Our fifth roommate was a guy from Italy. Let's call him Gabe. I believe he was 19 to 21 years old. I want to start off by saying that I was welcoming to a new roommate. I was making a lot of friends from different countries while working at Disney, and I thought that this was a great opportunity to make another international friend. I'll admit that I thought Gabe was cute, an average height himbo with black hair and that Italian stash. Alas, he was straight and real popular among the female cast members. Being a young Italian guy in Orlando will get you pretty much anybody. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Very quickly, I learned that Gabe was not a decent guy. He was one of the kind of straight guys who would go to a gay club to find other straight women. I know this because I was invited to the club where he ditched me and I never saw him again that night. He would always say that he's from Venice, Italy, but in reality he lived in one of the towns outside of it. From then on, I didn't want to hang out with him and I was happy to leave it at that. A few weeks go by and I'm starting to get really annoyed with Gabe. Multiple times I would hear him and whatever girl of the week he's hooking up with in the living room on the singular couch that we all shared. It was very thin walls and I could hear everything from my bed. He would bring cans of beer to the apartment and just leave them there for days. We managed to throw away the cans before inspection time but it was the last thing he did that set me on this petty revenge path. One day I was at our apartment, relaxing and playing video games like I normally would. The front door opens and I pause the game to see who's coming in. When I realize that it's a random girl and not any of my male roommates, I start yelling, who the heck are you? She was just as surprised as me to see that someone was in the apartment. She gets flustered and says that Gabe sent her there to grab his phone charger. I notice that she's also one of the foreign cast members like Gabe because her English wasn't fluent. I told her Gabe didn't tell any of us that she was coming to the apartment. I text Gabe and tell the girl to go ahead and grab the charger, but give me the spare key she was given. She walks out and Gabe eventually replies and confirms her story. At this point, I'm furious, because any of these girls could have walked into the apartment and stolen something, and we would never know who it was. So I text my original roommates, let them know what he's done and what I'm about to do. I remember that Gabe left a can of alcohol in the fridge, and I take a picture of it. Perfect. I take the spare key up to the security gate to let them know what had happened and show them the texts, saying it's a spare. At this time, I didn't know that he possibly could be deported because this would interfere with his work visa. I didn't care. I just wanted him out of the apartment. A day passes by and I see Gabe back at the apartment. He doesn't say anything. He just grabs a few clothes and leaves again. The day after that, I get a call from the college program counselors asking me to come and formally tell them about Gabe. I didn't go into specifics about the girls he slept with and other behaviors. I just gave them the straight facts and evidence. It turned out that was enough. Per the rules of the program, Gabe had two days to get his stuff together and vacate the premises. 
I remember coming home from work on his last day. He was busy packing things and had help from some girl he was with. It wasn't the same one he had given the spare key to. When he noticed me in the room, he stared daggers at me and only talked to the girl in a different language. I don't know whether it was Italian or Spanish. I go into my room and stay there until they leave. I was worried he would take the opportunity to beat me up and leave without a trace. I felt bad that he would have to pack up and leave the country in such a quick time. On the other hand, I would be rid of a roommate that could have ended all of my roommate's programs early. About a week later, I find out that he's living it up in Miami and was not deported after all. Two weeks after that, we got another roommate from Brazil. He turned out to be pretty chill until the end of my time with the program. So that's how I almost got my former roommate deported. Edit, this was my first long post on Reddit. I didn't expect to see it get this many upvotes. It's scary and exciting, but mostly scary. I see leaving out some things and wording things a certain way will give the wrong impression. That's my bad. This is Reddit and you gotta give the full scope. I'm gonna try and clear up some things to give a bit more context. I didn't mean to sound so jealous of Gabe. I wasn't jealous of him at all, actually. I was a young gay guy just coming out in Orlando from a small town. There were plenty of gay guys that I was more interested in than Gabe. Too busy crushing on guys I was actually trying to talk to. I don't mean to shame him for whoever he would bring back to the apartment either. I was hooking up with guys too, just not bringing them back because I respected my other roommates in our space. Gabe was given warnings about the cans he would bring back, but that didn't stop. This is only my side of the story, but there were three other roommates who also had problems with him. Before I went to security, I asked my OG roommates about what to do, and the decision ended up being report him, and I did it. I can only speak on what my experience was with him. If I had known or realized that he could have been deported, I wouldn't have gone through with it and just dealt with his antics. Looking back on it now, that was definitely a benchy thing to do. I'm not proud of it, but not fully ashamed either. I was a young and dumb black 19 year old who was a bit sheltered. It was my first time miles away from home, embracing my sexuality for the first time, and meeting people I would normally never meet. I definitely got a bit wild while I was there. It took a while for me to relax and not be so anxious about things. It didn't matter where he was from for me. He was being an inconsiderate roommate and breaking the rules, putting me and my other roommates at risk. Simply that. I feel like there's probably just a subsection of people commenting on this Reddit post about how OP went too far because of getting them deported or the fact that his party animal behavior wasn't enough to justify OP ruining their experience here with Disney. But I mean, just the fact that they already risked it with just the spare key alone, and the fact that he was constantly risking all five people with the alcohol. I mean, just that alone, can you really blame OP that much? But I will agree, he did seem to linger heavily on the fact that, oh, this guy keeps bringing back women all the time. I guess it just matters how respectful of the space you are. Nobody wants to hear that midnight construction work banging through the apartment walls. Our next story is shoplifting 10 minutes before closing. Hope you like doors because I sure do. So last week I experienced something quite funny in its own right at work and thought I'd share it here. So because of my company's rules with dealing with shoplifters are in short, don't directly ask to check people's bags on the way out or accuse people of stealing if you think and are not 100% sure they are stealing as it might aggravate the shoplifter. 
My co-workers and I would mainly stay out of it, as infuriating as that may be, or at most, stand at the end of the aisle they're in and glare at them, to telepathically tell them to drop our gift bag they grabbed and start stuffing with other merchandise. To set the stage, it's 5.50pm, 10 minutes before closing and I've just made the first, we're closing, get your stuff and check out, call over the intercon. It's just myself, female 20, and my coworker Mike, male 17, on shift. In walks a woman who immediately ducks her head and flicks her hood up like she's about to close a sketchy drug deal in the back of the store. Grey jacket lady beelines for one of the fabric bags we sell at the checkouts, where I am serving another customer, then immediately turns and speed walks into the store like she's late for a meeting in the snack section. Now, this is weird. Usually 9 out of 10 customers grab a bag at the checkout, so my inner monologue at this point is, here we go. I check out my final customer for the minute and radio Mike. I say, keep an eye on the woman in a gray hoodie with the hood over her head. She just grabbed a bag and zoomed into the snacks aisle. I know we can't do much, but maybe we can call security if she starts stuffing the bag. A side note, security in my country is honestly pretty useless. They can't touch you physically or block you at all. Mike says, well, I was going to wait to start closing the doors, but I'll be up in a sec. The large panel doors to the main exit and entry to the store are usually closed by the person who's not on registers at around 5.55 p.m. each night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market leaving just enough room to allow the last customer or two out of the store before fully closing. Mike, the absolute legend he is, closed the doors early, not locking, leaving no gaps to allow customers out unless they want to drag a heavy door themselves. Not a very fun exit for a shoplifter. Gray hoodie woman hears the doors being dragged and bolts for the exit, blocked off, followed by another woman looking equally as panicked, Mike and I grin as we realize they both have their bags stuffed with items from the store. I'm in the middle of checking out our final customer for the night while this is happening, do keep in mind, a sweet older woman who's enjoying the show as much as Mike and I. Both shoplifters begin wailing on the door, bashing and searching for an exit like a couple blind mice petrified of the cat on their tails. Me in a sweet tone, excuse me ladies, I'm positive everything in those bags is from this store. The bags as well, in fact. Mike says, We know that stuff isn't yours. We saw what you two did. The shoplifters are still smashing the doors with their fists, feeling up and down as they both scream at us incoherently, throwing in expletives, of course, regarding Mike and I. Eventually, though, Mike does open the door slightly to let out the sweet older lady, and unfortunately, the two stars of the show slip past and run as fast as they can. A little bit of an anticlimactic end, as you know, policy says you can't just grab the bag off of them, but it was still fun to watch the panic and fear in their eyes. 
I would think that this is exactly the kind of thing that not only do you mention to your manager or your superiors, but like you have them watch the CCTV, where it's blatantly obvious that these people robbed you of probably not an insignificant amount of stuff, how you had them locked up there and you were still forced to just let them run off. Hey, I guess at the end of the day, it's not your responsibility, it's dangerous, you don't want that liability. If somebody were to threaten or pull some kind of weapon, trying to recover that store's goods is not worth it. To be honest, if I were working in that situation and they told me, hey, if you notice this, just play normal, I'd probably be like, yep, you don't pay me to do more and it's not in my job description anyways. This next story is, rude guy gets more competition. For context, I sneaked into an international student's social event with the help of a friend, and we started talking to this incredibly attractive Arabic girl who came to the States literally a week ago. We also noticed this one guy who's obviously into her. How do we know that? He would act visibly annoyed when anyone talks to her, attempted to take her to the side, and constantly tried interrupting our conversation. Now, neither of us had ulterior motives, but we both found the guy's behavior rude and borderline possessive, so we hatched a plan just to spite him. The next time we talked to her, we directed our conversation to dating apps and fortunately enough, like we assumed, she showed interest, since dating apps isn't exactly popular where she came from. So we offered to set her up a Tinder profile and she gladly agreed. We started doing it then and there and the look on that guy's face when he saw what we were doing was priceless. She remains our good friend till this day and we would still laugh about what happened. I mean yeah, it's pretty obvious this guy went about things in the completely wrong way. If this guy was that interested, he was swooning this hard over her, he should have just asked her out, not just got like weirdly possessive and lurked around in the shadows waiting for nothing to somehow create a date? I don't know. Our next story is, finally, ultra petty ice cube revenge after 33 years of marriage. My husband and I have been married for 33 years. I love him, I really do, but he has this infuriating habit of not refilling the ice tray after use. He'll take a few cubes out and pop the tray back in the freezer. I cannot count the times I've gone to get ice to find there are not enough cubes for whatever I need them for. I've tried everything to get him to fill up the tray when there's less than half left. I've asked nicely, pleaded, whined, rationalized, tried to bribe. You get the picture. His answer has always been that it doesn't need filling and he'll fill it if it's empty. Then, three weeks ago, I had an epiphany. I know, right? A bit on the slow side. As I was removing ice from the tray and once again, filling it up, if you can't beat him, join him. So now I don't fill the tray, and as it reaches close to the end, I'm strategic about my use of cubes. I always leave just one in the tray. When he needs ice, it is available, but he will have to fill the tray. I've not filled the tray in three weeks, and it is amazing the joy I find in this little revenge. Long may it last. Yeah, it's really easy for him to be like, well, it's not all the way empty, I don't need to refill it, when they just get so accustomed to it always having ice because they just essentially don't refill it because they pass that work on to you. Eventually, they're going to have to compromise and call you out, and it is going to be so sweet when that double standard is there, even after 33 years. Our next story is, 
Want a professional favor from me? Then act like an entitled brat and embarrass me in front of my boss? I'm calling your mother. I'm a seamstress. Before getting this job, I did freelance sewing jobs for extra cash and to maintain my skills. Since I've been hired, I'm not allowed to side gig services offered by the shop, and I would be immediately fired if my boss found out. This is my dream job, and I will not, under any circumstances, jeopardize this opportunity. So, a good friend called me to ask if I could help her son, a grown man, with an alteration that I do a ton of at work. Said he needed a new zipper on his jacket. I explained that I'm not freelancing from my living room anymore, and to have him come by the store for an estimate, and we'd get him sorted out. He comes in and is told word for word by my boss, like we discussed the other day, this would be $35, plus $5 to $8 for the new zipper. The jacket in question is actually a Carhartt winter work coat, and replacing that zipper is not the same 20 minute task as turning a pullover hoodie into a zip up. Also, even if I were still doing sewing jobs from home, I don't have an industrial machine capable of making that job easy, and I would have charged him at least $50, so $35 is an extremely reasonable price. Well, I didn't know that he'd already been in a few days before and been told the same price, which is apparently when he got mad, and called his mom to ask if I could do it for him. When he heard the price wasn't changing just because I'm friends with his mom, he started in with, $35 for a zipper is outrageous. My mom could do it for so much cheaper. I can't believe you'd charge that much for just a zipper, blah blah blah. And other general rudeness. Side note, his mom didn't know it was a Carhartt, doesn't even own a sewing machine, and would have to do it by hand. And he would have to mail it to her in a different state. So he storms out and everyone just looks at me and says, well that was embarrassing. And we all get back to work, but I am seething. How dare he come into my job and show his butt like that after having his mom call me as a favor? Oh heck no! So I called his mother back and explained exactly what he'd been told and how he acted towards us. She said he told her that they'd quoted him $60 for the new zipper, so now he's been caught lying as well. She said he will definitely be hearing from me about this. I did not raise him to be such a butthole and that behavior is unacceptably rude. Don't even worry about him, I'm going to handle it. I've known them for years, so I know he's not escaping that come-to-Jesus conversation. So I hope he enjoys getting royally chewed out by his parents and still not having a functioning zipper. I'm looking forward to when he inevitably comes crawling back to apologize after he finds out his mom won't be hand-sewing that zipper for him and the one or two other places around that do alterations charge a fair bit more than we do. Yeah, that's a rough look, especially if it's known that this person is kind of associated with OP. For them to come in there and just make a total fool of themselves and leave such a stink, definitely one of those that leaves you feeling particularly disgraced. Our next story is, park illegally in a disabled space? Learn a very expensive lesson. I have a disabled parking placard, and a few weeks ago, I went to Target to buy things I didn't need and forget the things I did. Not only were all the spaces taken, someone parked their giant Escalade on the line between two disabled spaces, taking up both. Wholly irritated because this happens so much, I walked around the car, no placard or disabled plate. Cue the fury of someone who has to deal with this stuff all the time. And cue petty revenge. I took a pic and went inside to find a manager. When I found one, I showed her the photo and she rolled her eyes and sighed. 
Apparently this happens a lot at their location because it's near an affluent town with a lot of very wealthy, very entitled people. And most often it's the owner of huge SUVs and F-150s that park like jerks. She said she'd call the cops, so I decided to go back outside and hang out by the doors to watch the show. The manager joined me and we chatted while we waited for the police. The cops arrived and walked around the car, peering through the windows and running the plate. One cop took out a little book and started writing in it. They took some photos and one came over and asked if they'd make an announcement in the store to get the driver outside. The manager radioed someone inside and asked them to announce the make and model and plate of the car over the PA system. A few minutes later, she came charging out of the store. Middle-aged, well-dressed woman, the common Karen of North America, and already yelling at the police. As soon as she got into her car, one of the cops held up his hand to shut her up and started lecturing her. I was too far away to hear, but she stopped yelling at least. That cop spoke to her for a few minutes, and then the other cop with the little book handed her but two papers. She looked absolutely apoplectic. The cops came back over and spoke to the manager, telling her they ordered her to move her car, and if she didn't, or caused problems in the store, to call them back and they'd tow the car. They told us they gave her two tickets, for each space, at $500 each. Ouch. The manager thanked the police, and me, and went back inside. The woman stomped around a bit before getting in her car and peeling out. The cops looked at each other, then got in their cars and followed her. Pretty sure she continued to have the day she deserved. Meanwhile, I happily treated myself to some Legos for performing a public service. Honestly, for all the people, all the entitled people who get away with parking like this, thank you to OP for holding at least one of them accountable. Our next story is, when I wrote my dad's obituary, I didn't mention my mom and exposed her years of abuse and neglect. My dad died December 1st, 2022. He briefly lived with me before his passing, after a long stint of being chronically ill for the past 15 plus years. As his health declined, he relied more on my mom for things. Prior to this, she was never a great person, and fully took advantage of his disability and mobility issues as he declined. For years, she claimed to be separated and divorced, talking to other men on the internet. She made claims many times she was going to move away and marry someone else. In addition, she took advantage of him financially. We tried every legal avenue we could find to have her kicked out, arrested, or force her out, but those attempts were met with responses that it was a civil matter and that there was nothing that could be done. He made me durable power of attorney and added me to all his accounts. This is a small portion of her abuse, but I promise her actions were no less than neglectful and exploitive. I tried for years to get my dad to move in with me, but he wasn't leaving the house he worked so hard to pay for. I brought him home on hospice the day after Thanksgiving and made sure his final days were the best they could be. After meeting with the funeral home to carry out his final wishes, I was told they required consent from my mother to allow me to cremate them. It was no surprise, she initially told me no and only agreed after I allowed her to keep the social security survivor benefits which would have been hers anyway. I wrote his obituary and left her out of it. There was not a single word or mention he'd ever been married or had a spouse. I didn't feel she deserved to be recognized or viewed as a grieving widow when she spent their marriage as a crappy spouse in person. She lost her mind and there were many questions from friends and family alike. 
I've spent years in therapy working through maternal narcissistic abuse and believe if she didn't want to talk to me about it, she shouldn't have done it. When people asked about it, I was honest about the years of abuse my father and I endured from her. I've completely ruined the public image and victim complex she spent years creating. I might be the villain and jerk in this scenario, but I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Honestly, if they weren't even truly a family member to these people, they didn't treat them like one. Do they really deserve to be recognized as one? To be recognized as if they were somebody that stood by their side? Definitely not for sickness and in health. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.